0: it's the real estate podcast brought to you by ray white the largest real estate and property group in australasia
1: and welcome to another episode of the real estate podcast available on iHeartRadio, radio also on spotify and apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from well, it's the end of another working week. I hope it's been a good one for you so far. Friday the 8th of April for 2022 and coming up in just a moment, it's Rich Harvey from Property Buyer. But first, let me tell you about the Real Estate Breakfast Club, which is coming. Yes, we're going to be giving away all sorts of cool prizes, including Mystery Weekends Away, but you will also get to hear exclusive real estate content, which will will only be available to the Real Estate Breakfast Club members. Plus, there is going to be specific real estate product giveaways. So all you need to do is email us to this email address.
0: You can email us at myrealestatepodcast at gmail.com.
1: And in the header when you email us, put in the header Real Estate Breakfast Club. That's myrealestatepodcast.com at gmail.com
0: It's the main centre forecast with propertybuyer.com.au Yes,
1: let's have a look at weather for Sydney expecting a shower with a possible storm today with 22 degrees, Melbourne partly cloudy with 23, Brisbane expecting a shower or two with 27 and in Perth today expecting one or two showers and a high of 27 degrees.
0: We feature market updates, interviews and transactions it's your real estate podcast for breakfast
1: well when it comes to buying a new house make no mistake it is a competition that's right a competition recent metrics might indicate markets are slowing in some of our capital cities but don't let this give you a false sense of security quality property will always always be desired by multiple buyers so it's all in the formulation of a credible plan that will help you beat other buyers to the punch whether there's two buyers or 22 of them so what does it take for a home buyer to come out ahead in the home buying stakes
0: Let's Talk Property, a podcast series with Rich Harvey.
1: Well, joining us this morning with his thoughts is Rich Harvey, buyer's agent and CEO from propertybuyer.com.au. And a very good morning, Rich. How are you feeling? Because unfortunately, you've got
2: COVID. I've got it. Unfortunately, I finally succumbed. I knew I'd get it at some point, mate, but uh, yeah, I've got it, Craig. You've just got to get it, move on and uh, keep strong. That's all you can do. Luckily, I'm vaxxed, so uh, hopefully not as bad as it could have been, but still uh, pretty, pretty awful. Yeah. Mate,
1: I feel for
2: mm-hmm. you and
1: you are just starting to come out of it, you were saying.
2: That's right. You had it for about six or seven days, so I uh, should be um, out of isolation tomorrow.
1: All right. Well, (laughs) let's hope uh, that all goes well for you in the next couple of days. So listeners of the podcast who are thinking about buying their next property, it's an area that you specialize in working with buyers. So what is the first step? Let's just peel it back. What is the first step a home buyer should be thinking about?
2: Well, the first thing a home buyer should do is really create <clears throat> what I call an A-team. So this A-team consists of firstly, your mortgage broker. Don't go and try and buy a property until you know how much you can afford to borrow and spend. You know, we don't go to the shops without a credit card or cash in our pocket. So it's really important to know what your borrowing capacity is and where you sit in, in that price point. That's the first step. You really need a a bunch of other people around you apart from a mortgage broker. If you're an investor, you're going to need an accountant or a financial advisor. You definitely need a solicitor slash conveyancer. You'll also need a um, a building inspector if there's not a building inspection available. So first step is create that A-team around you and, of course, a buyer's agent you need on your side if you really want to get a full leg up into the market is to have someone who's an expert on your side. So getting that A-team is is really important. But just going back to the the financial requirements – you know, that mortgage broker, they're going to provide you with a pre-approval. So make sure you get that in place. And that pre-approval generally lasts for around 90 days. And I always advocate going direct to a broker rather than direct to the bank because the brokers have a better ability to scour a whole raft of different loan options for you and can get not just the best rate, but the, the best borrowing capacity to suit your situation.
1: And creating the wish list, we've talked about that before, but I think it's worthwhile reiterating that again because it's just so important. So Rich, how should a home buyer create that wish list?
2: Look, when you're creating a wish list, you've also got to have an element of realism. So what we do with our clients, we ask them to tell us their wish list and we convert that into what's called a property brief. And that consists of your most essential criteria and your desirable criteria. So write down a list, You know, particularly if you're married or you've got a partner, just write down a list of your must-haves, the things you really want, and the things that would be desirable but nice to have on the side. So obviously, the suburb you're targeting, the number of bedrooms, bathrooms, car spaces, what sort of living areas you want, what style of construction you want. But then those sort of softer features like the aspect and the slope and the distance to the shops and distance to amenities. And you've really got to start writing all of that down. It's quite amazing when you write down a shopping list just how interesting that can look. And then you've got to start comparing that to reality and doing that online. So really think clearly about what you want because there's no point going out and having a look at a bunch of properties Oh, I'll know it when I find it. You know, you will know when you find it, but you'll have a much better chance if you've got a clear target that you're aiming for and it can really narrow down your focus and get a much quicker result by having that property brief in your hands.
1: And in terms of a wish list, do you find that that kind of evolves over a period of time with people?
2: Great question. It does, actually, because it's a journey that people go on, Greg, in finding their property. I remember one client I took, and you know, I did the usual, got their brief, we were out looking every Saturday at various properties, but there's also a thing called an unspoken need, and it's like this intangible thing that the client knows they want, but they can't articulate it. And anyway, this lovely French couple, I took them out. And finally, I took them to this house and had a beautiful flat backyard and it was like they could picture themselves playing cricket and having chickens in the backyard. And They hadn't articulated that they wanted to have a cricket pitch and chickens, right? Mm-hmm. But that was on their wish list in their mind, but they just hadn't told me that. So I think sometimes people don't know what they want until they see it. Some of us are visual, some of us are auditory, some of us kinesthetic. So I think it's important for you to understand what your personality type is and how you can realize your dreams when it comes to buying property.
1: Oh, well, that's brilliant because, I mean, that's a big part of your job is to identify what they haven't articulated to you. But the more information that they've got, the more time that you're going to save and you're going to be able to zero in on exactly what it is that, in this case,
2: <laughs> the chickens and the cricket. That's right. Well, it is. It's a journey, as I say. And, and the, more, the more properties you see, the more you realise what you like and what you don't like. And, and that's the journey we take all our clients on.
1: Yeah. And what type of research, because we should really throw this up as well, research, what sort of research should home buyers do? How deep do you go into the research with your
2: clients? The research needs to be deep, whether you're, you know, doing this on your own or with a buyer's agent, the buyer's agent must go super deep. And we do that. We do a deep dive with our clients. There's, there's no point just looking at one or two properties and making a decision. You know, you can't just look online and make a decision. You need to physically get out there and get out amongst it and look at a range of different properties in the target areas. The way you do that is to, is to get out every week, you know, at least twice a week on a Wednesdays or Thursdays when there's open week, uh, midweek inspections and also Saturdays. And this is where it's a very time-consuming activity. And go to lots of auctions, go to lots of open homes, but only obviously look at properties in your price range. There's no point at looking properties five hundred or hundred thousand or a million dollars above your range. There's, There's no point unless you've got the capacity to go there. You've also got to develop very deep and wide relationships with all of the local agents, and this takes time. And you've got to understand how they price property, how they operate, how quickly they sell or how slow they sell, depending on market conditions. And you also need to track auction results. I mean, we're going through a stage now in Sydney and Melbourne where the market's retracting a bit, right? We're seeing price guides being revised. We're seeing price guides being much more accurate. So it's very important to keep a week-by-week week handle on the market. Just like last year in 2021, it was an incredibly fast market. Prices were moving almost 2 or 3% a month. Now, now we're heading into a slightly changing market. It's not dropping at 2% a month, but it's certainly correcting a little bit. And so that gives more opportunity for buyers. So, Back to your question, how deep do you go? As deep as possible, as deep as you need to make a wise decision. So when we do an analysis for our clients on a property, we're going to be looking at five to six comparable sales before we advise them what the, what the value of the subject property is in today's market. Yeah, make sure you get out there and, and don't just do an online research because you need to physically see the property and see if it's overshadowed or you know next to a busy school or a childcare centre or something like that and just see all of the negative features of the property in person.
1: And what about off-market opportunities? How can you be more proactive in finding these properties that are off-market?
2: We always get asked, how many off-market properties can you find? And you know, for me personally, probably around 50% of my transactions last year was off-market. How do you find them? With difficulty is the answer. And they are out there. So agents are constantly talking to vendors that are potentially about to list or sell their property. And there's different types of off-market. There's what we call a pre-market, like it's about to come to market and the agent will just send it out to their database. And then there's the true off-market where the owner has said, look, I only, only want truly highly qualified buyers coming through. I don't want it advertised because of whatever reason. They don't want people knowing they're going through a divorce or a difficult situation, or maybe they're a politician or a celebrity or something like that. So these off-markets do exist. And the other way that I get access and my team get access to off-markets is we often are direct to vendor where there's no agent involved. So we will do um, various methods where we have people coming directly to our through our website looking to sell their property, and that means they don't have to pay sales commission if they come through us because we only charge a fee to the buyer. Uh, that's one way. We also letterbox drop. We do social media posts. We have a range of options to to get those properties. But fundamentally, it's it's having deep and wide networks with a huge range of sales agents. You know, we've got over you know fifteen thousand agents on our database, so we're able to access those properties very very easily for our clients.
1: And at what point should buyers consider compromising and being a little bit more flexible with the search?
2: I think buyers will come to a hopefully a fairly quick realization of what their money will buy in a particular area, Craig. If if you've got a budget of two million and suddenly you realise everything you want's you know going for two point two or two point three, you're going to have to adjust your expectations and perhaps you need to think about getting a three bedroom instead of a four bedroom. Perhaps it won't be fully renovated like you first thought. So I think you're going to get a pretty quick sense of where the market's at if you're doing the kind of deep research and extensive research that I was talking about. But where should you compromise or how do you compromise? It might be that you, as I say, you adjust a bedroom, you adjust the internal size of the property, and it could also mean looking at surrounding suburbs. It may mean that you, instead of buying in your absolutely you know, pinnacle suburb that you actually can't afford, look at a suburb you know, one or two spaces away and think, this is a stepping stone to getting to where I want to be. If you wanted to live at Freshwater Beach, which is one of the most you know, searched suburbs in Australia, then you know perhaps you need to live at Manly Vale or, or North Manly for a while, and uh, and just consider the outskirts of other areas there. You know, I also think you might need to flex on the on the construction of the property itself. Instead of it being you know a beautiful double brick you know concrete slab type property, it might be a brick veneer, and you could add value. You know, but the most important thing is getting the location right first. As I always say to my clients, you can't move the house once you've bought it. Once you've got that block of dirt. You're stuck with it, right? Hmm. So be very, very careful about being happy about the location and then adding value to that property over time or even down the track, do a knockdown rebuild. That's what my family and I did. We, we bought a block. We just knew that the, the home was in a fantastic location, walked to shops and everything, in the bus, and we rebuilt about seven years ago and, and loved the location. I think it is important to be flexible because if you're completely inflexible, you'll end up you know, being out of the market for a long period of time. And, and again, the markets will turn, they'll go down, they'll correct, and then they'll stabilise and go up again. And you don't want to miss the next wave. So it is important to know where to be flexible and, and what not to be flexible about.
1: Hey, some great advice, Rich, and absolute legend. You managed
2: to get through all of that without coughing and <laughs> spluttering. <laughs> so well done. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to getting better and getting my uh, my nasal passages cleared once again. Hey, Rich
1: Harvey, have yourself a really restful and relaxing weekend
2: and we'll chat next week. Thanks again, Craig. Always a pleasure. Great to be with you.
0: We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia, the Real Estate Podcast.